Hello, and welcome to Evangelination. I have a passage for you right out of the starting block today. It's this, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. Psalm 133, verse 1 of Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. And you know, this applies to every family and intentional community on the planet. How do we live together in peace and in unity? There's only one way, and that, my friends, is love. And I need to qualify that because love is only truly love when it is united with truth. So truth and love go hand in hand together, and you have to have both to have either one. And later on in this podcast, I will share with you about the Belt of Truth, which is a novena going around the world today to free the world from falsehood and deception. Now, our topic today is a serious one. We're talking about blessing and consecrating the place where you live, ideally in unity and in the harmony of love uh, with others. So, in particular, I want to give you a prayer that you can say while walking the perimeter of your home's property and sprinkling blessed salt. So, why do this? Well, this is a form of exorcism. Of course, a priest should ordinarily perform exorcisms, and it is not recommended that you take the prayers that a priest would pray and you pray them yourself. Don't don't bite off more than you can chew, okay? But there are prayers that are appropriate for a lay person, a non-ordained person, to recite, to drive far from you, your family, and your property, all spiritual forces of darkness, which in fact shackle and enslave you, often with you quite unaware of the fact. Now that is not to say that this reality is undetectable. No, you'll begin to know it, especially by the mark of discord, argumentativeness, disharmony, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, and relationally. Look at our country being so divided. This is the mark of spiritual warfare, of a spiritual attack. Now, these are the marks of darkness, which are everywhere. And this darkness is wanting to cover us. But Christ is the light. Put on the mantle of light. Grasp hold of the hem of Christ's garment that you may be released from every ancestral curse and affliction and that you and your loved ones may be restored to peace and sanity of mind, heart, and body. And you can pray this for your whole neighborhood for your whole local community, for your state, for your nation, for the whole world. Okay, so some of you out there may be a little skeptical at this moment about what I'm saying. Let me tell you, if you haven't noticed that our world is under spiritual attack, listen carefully, you 
are deeply entrenched in the lies and deceptions of the Antichrist. I'm serious. Ask yourself, are you being drawn into violence, into rioting? Are you being drawn into hatreds, particularly hatred of the leader of our country, which is rampant? You know, are you being drawn into subversive thoughts? Are you being um, filled with a lot of propaganda? Do you secretly think that you are smarter than others? Seriously, ask yourself this, because if the answer is yes to any of these questions, you might be standing on shaky spiritual ground. But there is enormous hope for you and for me and for everyone who prepares for and enters by the mercy of God into conversion of heart and mind through the coming great event of the warning or global illumination of souls. Now, here's what you need to do to get ready for this unprecedented global event in which everyone will see his or her own soul as it truly is so that each one of us can be converted to the way of truth and life and live. So this podcast is not about the warning, but I have to reference it because it's really important. And this is why we need to be consecrating our properties and engaging in, in some serious, shrewd efforts at spiritual warfare. So the very first thing you need to do to prepare for the warning is to go to confession. It's essential. The warning is a type of examination of conscience in which you will see every unconfessed sin and fault you've ever committed and are still committing and you will have the chance to turn your life around. Going to confession will alleviate some of the shock of that time and give you the grace to repent now. So it is prophesied that some people will actually die of fright when they see the state of their souls in this global event, the warning. So don't be one of those people. And if it were you, wouldn't you want to have had at least one last good confession before you left the earth and met your maker? So the first step in preparation is to go to confession, like, you know, this week, make an appointment if necessary, and be prayed up and confessed, and go at least every month from now on, okay? You will know when the warning comes, because it you will know it, and I will have told you, you will have heard it somewhere, and so don't dismiss it, don't pass up the opportunity, it's a powerful opportunity of conversion, and it will be uh, required of you to decide whose side you're on, you know, Christ or the Antichrist. So these are the times prophesied in Isaiah 5.20, when good will be called evil and evil will be called good. We can find references to this in Amos 5.7, in Revelation 8.11, and Revelation 21.8. All right? So all around the planet, good things are be call, being called evil, and evil is being called good. Not the least of which I might mention is abortion, which is a heinous evil, and people are calling it good. Okay, so we know the signs of the times are clear, that we're in spiritual warfare. So the s second step to prepare uh, for the warning and, and to enter into spiritual warfare is to have your house blessed by a Catholic priest. Okay? If you haven't done so, just call them up. You don't even have to be Catholic. Just call your local Catholic parish and request this and the priest will know exactly what you're talking about and will have all the prayers and holy water or oils or salt needed to do this. So don't wait. Call the local Catholic parish office today, leave a message and persevere if you don't get a reply right away. 
during these uh, uh, pandemic times. Do this as soon as possible and do it with reverence, with humility, and deep prayer of the heart. Invite the master of the universe to dwell in your home with his legions of holy angels and saints. Okay, now the topic of today's uh, podcast is step number three. And this is what I want to share with you in a more detailed way today. Permit me to urge you to bless and consecrate the entire property where you live. So most people have a yard or a property line. And what I want you to do is to go walk the property line as much as is feasible and mark it with holy exercised salt. If you can't hit the entire property line, then ask the angels to assist you to bring holy salt to those property lines, okay? So yes, a priest can pray a prayer of exorcism, of salt, as well as of water and oil and other physical items. So when you go to confession, that's step number two, right? Uh, or step number one, bring along with you a large container of salt. You can buy one at Aldi or your nearest grocery store, sometimes for less than a dollar. It doesn't have to be pink Himalayan salt or anything, you know, nothing expensive, just regular, plain, inexpensive salt. And have the priest pray the prayer for the blessing or exercising of salt. And after you've done that, take the salt and proceed to drive far from your property all demonic curses and strongholds, the effects of all sins and crimes which may have ever been committed on that property long before you bought it or rented it because your property's past may be influencing your present today. Why do you think that the ground where a church is built is exercised and consecrated? Your home is a domestic church and needs similar attention for ensuring that you remain able to dwell peaceably in unity with the other members of your household or community. And let me just say here that the prayer I'm about to give you uh, can be used by people who are renting. You can go around the entire perimeter of where you rent and also the entire perimeter of the apartment complex. You know, it would be best if you can get the manager or owner to agree with you to do it. But even then, if you don't think that's appropriate, there's no law against praying anywhere, at least, at least not yet. So additionally, this prayer can be adapted appropriately to be prayed around a parish which may be a redundancy, but on the other hand, may be sorely needed. If there's division in that church community, you need to do this. So you can also adapt this prayer and others like it to consecrate the property and all that occurs on it for a place of business or a community courthouse, a public park, a shopping center, a mall, even highways and streets in entire neighborhoods. We are in a battle for souls and in this battle, Acts of consecration and exorcism will set captives free from the tyranny and oppression of demonic strongholds and ancestral curses. The time is now to rise up for battle. But be forewarned, as I've said before, do not bite off more than you can chew, nor enter into combat that is not for you. The ordination of priests is a solemn power over these forces of darkness, and this must be clearly accepted and respected. We know that many priests now have fallen in this battle and have been overtaken by the enemy. So let us also do what we can to pray fervently and frequently for priests to stand their ground in holiness and as chief protectors of the flock of Jesus Christ. And you know, let us also not pester our priests. 
or agitate them about petty matters or swallow up all their prayer time and petty squabbles. Instead, do your part. Stand your ground where you are. Pray the prayers you can as a lay person and pray for your priests to withstand the coming warning and all the uh, uh, spiritual warfare going on today. You know, your priest carries upon his shoulders the sins of his parishioners. Did you know that? This is a grave matter. Most of them don't talk about it. But when you go to confession, often a priest will himself do the bulk of the penance for your sins. That is why you get off so easy reciting in an Our Father or a Hail Mary or something like that. So always add a prayer of thanksgiving and a prayer of protection and strength for your priest after every confession and do it also every single day. Okay, you know, the priests are the first line of defense in this spiritual warfare. That's why Jesus Christ gave us the priesthood, you know, so that um, he could conquer the forces of darkness through them as his presence on the earth, okay? So now as for what we lay people can do in the spiritual battle being waged on the planet today, a friend of mine just now, this morning before I recorded this podcast, called me out of the blue to invite me to pray in unison uh, with other people, a perpetual novena of prayers to exercise falsehood from Vatican, it started in the Vatican, and it is called and, and, and out to the whole world. And um, this uh, novena is called the Belt of Truth. It's a spiritual offensive that, as I said, began in St. Peter's Square, and it is to spread across the globe. Wow. This friend of mine had no idea that I was thinking about doing this podcast when she called me to ask me to pray the Belt of Truth, which is an exorcism prayer, right? So I will include that information at the website uh, where I link uh, I, I will link uh, to this podcast. So in the description of the podcast, just go to that description and I will have a link to um, it, uh, more information about these prayers. Go to paulinecommunityofstjoseph.org. Go to the prayer section and there'll be exorcism prayers. And so be sure to check that out. You can also go directly to this website um, uh, established by priests. It's called catholicexorcism.org. Catholic E-X-O-R-C-I-S-M dot org. CatholicExorcism.org. Go there for more powerful prayers. Okay. Okay. Now, as you prepare the, to salt the perimeter of the place where you live with blessed salt and pray the prayer I'm giving you today, I want to give you a bit of context with an excerpt from The Mystical City of God, written by Venerable Mary of Agreda and based on visions and revelations given to her by the Blessed Virgin Mary in the 17th century. So, first of all, from canonical scripture, we know that the Holy Family fled from Bethlehem to Egypt on a perilous journey very soon after the birth of our Lord. So after announcing the advent of the Messianic Kingdom to shepherds, wise men, and to the whole local area. The infant king, Jesus Christ, commenced immediately on a journey to fulfill his mission to reign in the world as light in the darkness. His first desire was to enter Egypt and there to destroy all the diabolical strongholds which had taken hold in that place 
by the worship of false gods. Now, tradition holds that when the Holy Family entered Egypt, the statues of false gods in the temples there crashed to the ground, and many miracles occurred. Now, this is an excerpt of the account from the mystical city of God, penned by Venerable Mary of Agreda, under the direction of the Blessed Virgin Mary, about this, uh, this time. This is, um, uh, this is uh, a volume two of the series, and it's number, starting at number 641. Quote, the flight into Egypt was to afford the infant savior an occasion of visiting that country and performing the miracles spoken of by the ancient prophets. Uh, Isaiah's among them. Uh, now, Egypt was much given to idolatry and its concomitant superstition. Even the small villages of this country were full of idols. In many of these places, temples had been built where the demons dwelled, and the inhabitants, instructed by these devils, gathered in them to offer services and sacrifices in their honor, while the demons answered their prayers by oracles, thus obtaining full control of this foolish and superstitious nation. Steeped in these deceits, they lived on in such error and subjections to the demons that only the strong arm of the Lord, which is the incarnate word, could rescue these forsaken people and deliver them from the oppression of Lucifer. It was a harder and more dangerous slavery than that in which the Egyptians had held the people of Israel in Exodus 1.11 following. In order to obtain this deliverance and enlighten those that were living in the region and the shadows of death, and uh, in order that they might see the great light spoken of by Isaiah, Isaiah 9.2, the Most High ordained that the Son of Justice, Christ, called so in Malachi 4.2, shortly after his birth, should appear in Egypt in the arms of his most fortunate mother, and that he should journey and pass through this country, illuminating it everywhere by the power of his divine light. So then the infant Jesus, with his mother and St. Joseph, reached the inhabited country of Egypt. On entering the towns, the divine infant, in the arms of his mother, raised his eyes and his hands to the Father, asking for the salvation of these inhabitants held captive by Satan. And immediately he made use of his sovereign and divine power and drove the demons from the idols and hurled them to the infernal abyss. Like lightning flashing from the clouds, they darted forth and descended to the lowermost caverns of hell and darkness. See Luke 10, 4. And at the same instant, the idols crashed to the ground, the altars fell to pieces, and the temples crumbled to ruins. The cause of these marvelous effects were known to the heavenly lady, for she united her prayers with those of her most holy son as cooperatrix of his salvation. St. Joseph also knew this to be the work of the incarnate word, and he praised and extolled him in holy admiration. But the demons, although they felt the divine power, knew not whence this power proceeded. The Egyptian people were astounded at these inexplicable happenings. Although among the more learned, 
ever since the sojourn of Jeremiah in Egypt, an ancient tradition was current that a king of the Jews would come and that the temples of the idols would be destroyed. Yet of this prophecy, the common people had no knowledge, nor did the learned know how it was to be fulfilled. And therefore, the terror and confusion was spread among all of them, as was prophesied by Isaiah 9.1. In this disturbance and fear, some, reflecting on these events, came to our great lady and St. Joseph, and in their curiosity at seeing these strangers in their midst, they also spoke to them about the ruin of their temples and their idols. Making use of this occasion, the mother of wisdom began to undeceive these people, speaking to them of the true God and teaching them that he is the one and only creator of heaven and earth, who is alone to be adored and acknowledged as God, that all others are but false and deceitful gods, nothing more than the wood or clay or metal of which they are made, having neither eyes nor ears nor any power, that the same artisans that made them and any other man could destroy them at pleasure, since any man is more noble and powerful than they, and that the oracles which they have, which gave forth were answers of the lying and deceitful demons within them, and that the latter had no power, since there is but one true God. Now the heavenly lady was so sweet and kind in her words, and at the same time, so full of life and force, her appearance was so char charming, and all her intercourse was accompanied by such salutary effects, that the rumor of the arrival of these strange pilgrims quickly spread about in the different towns, and many people gathered to see and hear them. Moreover, the powerful prayers of the incarnate word wrought a change of hearts and the crumbling of the idols caused an incredible commotion among these people, instilling into their minds knowledge of the true God and sorrow for their sins, without their knowing whence or through whom these blessings came to them. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph pursued their way through many towns of Egypt, performing these and many other miracles, driving out the demons, not only from the idols, but out of many bodies possessed by them, curing many that were grievously and dangerously ill, enlightening the hearts by the doctrines of truth and eternal life. So by these temporal benefits and others so effectual in moving the ignorant, earthly-minded people, many were drawn to listen to the instructions of Mary and Joseph concerning a good and salutary life. They arrived at Hermopolis, which lies in the direction of the Thebaid, and is called by some the city of Mercury. In it there were many idols infested by powerful demons. One of them dwelt in a tree at the entrance of the city. For the neighboring inhabitants had begun to venerate this tree on account of its size and beauty, whence the demon had taken occasion to erect his seat in it. When the incarnate word came within sight of this tree, not only was the demon hurled from his seat and cast into hell, but the tree bowed down to the ground, as if rejoiced by its good fortune. For even the senseless creatures testified how tyrannical is the dominion of the devil. 
This miraculous reverence of the trees happened at other times during this journey of Christ, although these incidents are not all recorded. But the memory of this event remained for centuries, for the leaves and fruits of this tree cured many sicknesses. Of this miracle, some authors make mention, as well as of others in other cities visited by the Incarnate Word and His Mother. And you can uh, see these in the references here. Nisiphor, Nisiphor 1.10, circa 31. Sozamen 1.5, circa 20. And Brocard II, circa 4th century. So uh, there is to this day, uh, continuing in our quotation from the book, there is to this day a traditional fountain near Cairo from which the heavenly lady drew water for herself and the child and for washing his clothes. All this rests on truth and the veneration for these wonders and these places still lives not only among the faithful who visit the holy places, but also among the infidels who there occasionally obtain temporal benefits from the hands of the Lord. For also the infidels sometimes obtain certain favors in order that the Lord may be justified before them, or in order that the memory of his wonders may be preserved. But it is not necessary to speak of them especially just now, since the principal wonders during the stay of our Lord in Egypt were wrought in Heliopolis, which, not without mysterious import, was called City of the Sun, and is now called Cairo the Grand. In writing of these wonders, I asked the great queen in astonishment how she could have traveled with the child through so many strange provinces and cities. For it appeared to me that she thereby prolonged exceedingly the labors and hardships of their journey. And Our Lady replied, quote, Do not wonder that my most holy son and I journeyed so far in order to gain souls for the sake of even one soul, if possible, and if there would be no other way, we would tr willingly traverse the whole world. If what Jesus and Mary did for the salvation of us seems great to us, it is because we do not understand the immensity of their love and because we understand just as little how to make a proper return for such love. Well, that ends our quote from uh, the excerpt of Sister uh, St. Mary of Agreda's, or Venerable Mary of Agreda's book, The Mystical City of God, uh, Cuidado de Dios in Spanish. She wrote it in Spanish. It was translated into English by Fiskar Marison. And you can find it on the great, on the web, on the World Wide Web. So um, with that as sort of a context for us, I invite you now, you can take this podcast with you or you can uh, take the, the transcript of the prayer, which I will also put um, below uh, in the description of the podcast and take it uh, with you to, to pray and uh, as you sprinkle holy salt around the perimeter of your property. And so um, I know this is a long podcast, but I want to give you this prayer and uh, you can pray it with me as you walk or you can use the text. And here it goes. Uh, we're going to say this uh, together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty Father, wherever this salt is sprinkled, drive away the power of evil and protect us always by your presence. 
Father of infinite goodness, I consecrate to you this place where I live with my family. We do not know what acts of discord, tears, suffering, disputes, violence, crises, or infidelity may have taken place on or near this property. We cannot say if acts of hatred, vengeance, pornography, dissoluteness, theft, drug trafficking, disrespect, serious illness, addiction, psychological disorders, aggression, death, or abortion have occurred here or nearby. We ask, Lord, by the power of your holy name, drive far away from us all such evils and their effects now and forevermore. Surround our entire property, Lord Jesus, with holy angels to guard and govern its precincts. May all who come near this property be unable to bring harm to this place. May all our neighbors be holy, just, and sanctified by your presence on this property. May this land where we live and this entire neighborhood be pure and holy and released from any and all ancestral curses or demonic influences. Lord, I ask also that you would banish from this place all aggression, depression, violence, crime, addiction, financial distress, disrespect, mental, physical, social, or psychological illness. May this be your sacred ground, where you dwell in us and with us. May the angels of God inhabit every bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, living room, hallway, common area, and outdoor area of this property. May our house be a fortress inhabited and protected by the angels of the Lord so that all the members of our family may persevere in prayer and remain faithful in the love of God. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. May peace and the fullness of harmony dwell here. May we serve you each day, and may your blessing always be upon us. Know, Lord, that this house belongs to you. Mane nobiscum domine. Stay with us, Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this is the prayer. I invite you to pray uh, by yourself or with your loved ones, walking the perimeter of your property where you live, where you work, where you play. Um, I ask that um, you pass it on and um, help others to do the same so that we can extend the kingdom of Christ who is light all over this uh, uh, nation and uh, our world. 
And um, so with that, I'll let you go. And I hope you have a beautiful and blessed day. Please do check the website for more resources about how to protect you and your family and loved ones, family members, friends, and acquaintances, priests, your whole parish, your community, your nation, and our world with um, prayers of um, exorcism and prayers of blessing and consecration um, in this these times of uh, spiritual warfare. All right, go out and have a beautiful and blessed and holy time living in unity and harmony with all those you meet. God bless you. Bye-bye.